Good. Well, Happy New Year. Uh, Next week, we are going to start a a new series uh, in the New Testament book of Luke. Uh, and that we'll, we're going to basically pick up where we left off at the end of our Christmas series. So we, we covered the first couple of chapters of Luke with our soundtrack to Christmas series, looking at those songs in the opening chapters. Uh, and we're going to pick up uh, where we left off with that at Luke chapter 3, starting next week. Uh, but for this week, we're going to do something slightly different at the start of 2021. And we're actually going to jump ahead uh, into chapter 10 of Luke And we'll get there in just a moment. But I want us to just pause and observe the the moment that we're in. You know, 2021 has officially begun, and every year without fail, when January comes around, people make resolutions and set targets. We determine to try and build on what was good from last year uh, and to try to leave the bad bits behind us. This time of year, normally gyms are bustling with activity. Health food shops are inundated. And people seem to have a fresh sense of optimism, by and large, about what's to come. They have this optimism that this will finally be the year. This will be the year when they make those gains in the gym. This will be the year when they finally hit their target weight. This will be the year when they run a marathon. This will be the year when they make that career move they've been deliberating about or take up that new hobby or manage to ditch that bad habit. This will be the year. Invariably, it isn't the year, (laughs) but people still, nevertheless, January after January, have that same optimistic outlook. But this year is a bit different, isn't it? There's still some of that. We're all very keen to leave behind 2020. But the truth is the attritional effects of COVID-19 and the far-reaching impacts on seemingly every area of our lives show no signs of going away in any hurry. And rather than starting 2020 feeling like we're making a fresh start, it just feels like we're still on the same old treadmill. However much people might want to sound an optimistic note, the truth is, at this moment, it's honestly hard to know what to think and do, isn't it? How much can we plan? How far ahead? I mean, we are even having a conversation yesterday evening of will the children's school be closed or not tomorrow morning? (laughs) How far ahead can we plan? Can we plan? Will I have a job at the end of all of this? What's the long-term impact on our economy going to be like? How on earth are we ever going to pay off this furlough bill? What about the long-term health impacts? And how can we help in that? Mental health issues continue to grow it's tragic news like domestic abuse on the rise in our country. Food banks under completely unprecedented levels of demand. Home life is under huge strain for many, many families. What can we do? It's a strange start to the year. And, and set aside, alongside all of those 
questions and all of those challenges and frustrations and uncertainties, there are possibilities too. It is still the start of a new year. And actually, for some people, all of this that's happened with COVID-19 has caused them to reevaluate their life, caused them to, to reevaluate their priorities, their career path, perhaps, what they've invested themselves into. And people are seeing new opportunities open up. And I would guess for most of us, in our heads right now, there's a mixture of all of the above, of the uncertainty and the challenge and the frustration and yet the possibilities of what might be, all swirling around in a jumble. And knowing that, I guess I want to ask, and for us to consider today, how do we as Christians process that swirl of emotions and challenges and Everything else that's going on. How should we process this jumble of hope and fears and aspirations and plans and questions? How should we step into 2021? How should we prioritize our time and energy this year? How do we decide what to give ourselves to? What should our focus be? These are huge questions. And at the outset of this year, there is just so much we don't know. There's so much that's beyond our control. We're reminded of that probably now more than we ever have been in our lifetimes. But in spite of all of that, I want to suggest that, A, there are some things we can know and we do know. (laughs) And that also we have some choices we can make. And my hope today over the next bit of time is to encourage you to make one conscious, deliberate choice today about your priorities this year. There's loads that we don't know. There's a whole jumble going on for every one of us right now. Goods, bads, indifference. But I want to encourage every single one of us to make a deliberate and conscious choice this afternoon about our priorities this year. Because your life isn't going to prioritize itself. I don't know if you've noticed that yet, uh, but but it won't. (laughs) Not in a good way anyway. You could choose to be passive and allow things to happen to you. uh, And you can choose to let priorities be set for you by other people, and as different demands are placed on you, on your time and your attention, and you can end up pulled pillar to post, or you can take time to prioritize what's truly important, to make a decision about what you will give yourself to. And we're going to read a few verses now from Luke chapter 10, to help us as we consider at the start of this year what should we be prioritizing. And in this passage, we have two sisters, two sisters who we read are both devoted to God, two sisters, both of whom love Jesus. But one of them in these verses is corrected 
and the other is commended. And as we head into this new year, my prayer is that we might take encouragement and instruction from these verses, that we might be like the sister who's commended for her response. So we're going to read together from Luke chapter 10, verse 38 to 42, and then we'll dig into it together. So we read. Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village. And a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. She had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken away from her. And many of you will be familiar with this story. You've read it before. You may have uh, listened to sermons on it before. Some of you may have even spoken on it before. And there are just a couple of things I want to draw out from these verses today. The first is to observe this, that Martha often gets a very bad press. People can be quite dismissive of Martha in this story. But when we just think about it for a moment, what Martha's doing is actually all good stuff, right? Jesus comes through their town and Martha invites him into their home. She extends hospitality to him. And out of a desire to make sure everything is set for a meal with Jesus, to make sure that he is well served and well catered for. She's just being hospitable to their guest. (laughs) She's serving in many ways. Martha's actions here are to be commended, they're to be praised. She's doing good stuff with a good motive too. But these things, good as they are, we find out, have got in the way of the most important thing. She's got her priorities wrong. We read about Martha that she was distracted with much serving. And this word distracted here has a a kind of, the connotation is of being drawn away or dragged away by something led away, that she's being dragged away by serving from where she should be. (laughs) So there's where she should be, and then there's all this stuff that has just dragged her away, taken her focus from where it should be. And instead of her focus being on Jesus and on being with him, and listening to him and on hearing his word, instead, she's distracted with all this activity, serving good things. Mary, on the other hand, well, I mean, she knew that that stuff needed doing too, right? I mean, (laughs) I, I don't think... 
Mary was oblivious to the fact that they had a guest and they would need to prepare some food for him. Mary knew dinner wouldn't cook itself. But she made a choice. She made a choice to prioritize her time differently to her sister. I don't think it was that she was going to see them go hungry, but, but Mary perhaps realized that a more simple meal could be enjoyed that evening because there was something more important to attend to right now. And that was being with Jesus. Maybe beans on toast instead of a full roast would be worth it to sit at Jesus' feet. Jesus addresses Martha's flurry of activity and service by addressing, actually, the root of it. I think this is something I've missed often in this passage. So we find that she's distracted with much serving. She comes to Jesus. He's like, Jesus, Jesus, why won't you just get my sister to help me? And instead of saying to her first off, Martha, like, chill out, just come and sit here. You're distracted. He says something different, doesn't he? He says to her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. Martha's service, Martha's flurry of activity, Martha's desire to get stuff done was actually out of a place of wanting everything to be right and feeling like it all rested on her shoulders. And that was causing her to feel anxious and worried. Martha's serving and activity was driven out of a place of things like, I, I've got to get do this and, and make this and, and, and make that. And what if that goes wrong? And what if they don't? And what if this doesn't? And if I don't, then this will all fall down. And if I don't get to that, then that won't happen. And if they don't do this, then that won't. And she gets herself in a twist. She was distracted from what was really important, and in the process, she was weighed down with worries about how things were going to work out. Not wanting to let anyone down. And my guess is that lots of us might be feeling like that right now. I know that I can easily feel like that. When I look at the challenges and demands of this year, when I think about all the many things that that need to be attended to and done, when I think of work priorities and family and all these different things that require my attention, I can quite quickly get like Martha. And I can be anxious and worried about many things. But what if and how about and what should I? And, but what if I do that and then that? Or what if I don't quite manage to do that? And if I don't have the time to accomplish that? And we can find ourselves weighed down by all of these things. Perhaps you're looking into this week. But what if that changes? What, what, what if the children's school is closed? What if that? What if? And I need to get that lined up. And I need to be prepared for that scenario. And I need to make sure that I'm ready for that outcome you're looking into this week and this month and this year and you can readily identify with Jesus's diagnosis of Martha's condition you know that you're anxious and worried about many things and you know what they're not all bad things 
Many of them are good things too. You notice that what Martha was anxious and worried about accomplishing was good stuff. She was serving Jesus. She was giving herself to serving her Lord. There may be many good things that you're looking at in the weeks and months and year ahead, but you're feeling the weight of it. And you've let all of those things draw you away from the one thing that's really necessary. You see, Jesus says to Martha, doesn't he? You're anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. It's like all these many things, they're not it, Martha. Good as they are, they're not it. There's only one thing that's truly necessary. And then he goes on to commend Mary for choosing that one thing. He says, Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken away from her. He's saying, Mary has got her priorities straight. Not only was she doing the one necessary thing, but it didn't just happen incidentally. And we've got to notice that. Mary's priorities weren't kind of magically ordered for her. Her life didn't order itself. (laughs) Her priorities didn't just happen to be right. Jesus says, she's chosen the good portion. The good portion was necessary, but it was also her choice. It's interesting, isn't it? Something that's necessary, but is also chosen. That's what Jesus says here about what Mary was doing, that it was necessary, but she chose it. Now, on first reading, that can sound slightly odd, can't it? You think, well, how many like essential things are there maybe? It feels like an odd thing. You feel like if it's necessary, then we will just instinctively do it, surely. If it's necessary, if it's essential, then, then we will. But yet she needed to choose it. But when you think about it, this does actually make complete sense. And there are lots of analogies we could use to help us understand it. But one, perhaps, that's helpful is that of water. So your body will not survive more than a few days without water. It's necessary for life to take in water. But you and I still make the choice every day to drink. To drink from a cup that literally sustains our lives. And we'd be crazy not to, wouldn't we? And actually, we'd start to feel pretty ill quite quickly if we didn't. But we still make the choice to do it. And actually, I mean, the truth is, is we can, as necessary as it is, we can be ridiculously bad at this. And we need reminding. Uh, My wife, Jenny, has one of these water bottles that has times marked on it. Like, at this time of the day, you should ideally have drunk this much So that by the end of the day, you'll have had your full quota of water. 
And it's quite scary sometimes how quickly you can get through the day and realise you've not, not really drunk any. Uh, but it makes a huge difference when you do. But we have to choose to do it. Something necessary that we choose to do that sustains our lives. And so Mary chose what was necessary. But what is it that Mary chose? What was this good portion that Jesus says is necessary? It was knowing him. It was hearing his word. She, she chose to sit at his feet in his presence to hear his teaching. It was hearing his word, being close to him. And I want to encourage you as we head into 2021 to deliberately and consciously choose, like Mary, what is necessary. I said earlier, life doesn't automatically arrange itself into the right priorities. It doesn't. And if we head into 2021 without choosing to prioritise the good portion, then the truth is we'll just snatch at crumbs and leftovers instead of the feast that God has prepared for us. I don't know if you've noticed this yet, but if you haven't, I, I need to tell you the truth is you will not drift into spending more time with God. You will not drift into intimacy with the creator of the universe. You will not drift into spending more time reading his word and meditating on it and allowing it to do you good and to reveal more of his heart and his grace and his goodness and his glory to you. You won't drift into that. You won't. And if you don't prioritize it, instead, you'll be dragged around by this thing and that. Lots of it may be good, but at the end of it all, the last fragments of your time and your attention, you might snatch a couple of sentences or a last-ditch prayer before you close your eyes. But you won't have chosen the good portion. And in the end, that simply won't sustain you this year. It's crazy. And yet it's so often how we live our lives, I think. It's like choosing to run a marathon in the desert and ignoring all the water stations along the way because they'd slow you down. Well, I don't have time to stop for that. I'm, I want to get a good time. It's crazy, right? You'd collapse from heat exhaustion and dehydration long before you got anywhere near the finish line. And the truth is, if we are going to live out our pursuits as a church community of, of knowing Jesus more this year, of growing more in his likeness, of, of going with him on mission to those around us with good news of great joy, then we must choose what is necessary this year. We must be those who prioritise, like Mary, sitting at his feet giving our undivided attention to knowing him. 
delighting in him, hearing his word. Because the word of God, applied to our hearts by the Holy Spirit, is what will feed us and sustain us this year. See, this, God's word for us, is is how we know more of him, of how we understand more of his nature and his character. The beauty of our God, of his priorities. He's chosen to reveal himself to us through his word. We were made, you were made, for relationship with God. To know him, to delight in him, to glorify him. That's the good and necessary portion, to know him. And so as we read God's word and we ask the Spirit to apply it to our hearts, to to help us see the beauty and glory of God, and as we read and to draw us into a deeper relationship with him, we choose the necessary portion. God doesn't love you more if you read your Bible more. You need to hear that today. Okay, I'm I'm encouraging you (laughs) to make a deliberate choice about what you're going to prioritize this year, and I'm encouraging you to prioritize knowing God more. And I'm saying this is a primary tool which is going to help you to do that, to prayerfully pick this up and read it and to allow it to reveal the goodness of God to you as you do. But I'm not telling you to do this or encouraging you to do this because it will make God somehow love you more. The truth is is that God loves you. And whether you never picked this up, whether you never gave it a second thought. God would still love you. He doesn't love you based on what you're doing. But the truth is, I've discovered, is that the more you do read, and the more you do delight in his goodness, the more you love him. It's not going to love you the more you do, but you will grow in your love of him and your relationship with God will deepen and strengthen as you do. I want to encourage you this year, if you want to know Jesus more nearly and more intimately, then choose what's necessary. Prioritize it. Take a deep dive into God's word this year. Drink it in and meditate on it. Live by it. There's a guy called George Muller who was an amazing man of God who founded an orphanage in Bristol and who cared for over 10,000 orphans in his lifetime. He founded over 100 schools, provided education for... 120,000 children. George Muller was a busy guy doing lots and lots and lots of good stuff. But I would imagine 
In fact, I've read some of his writings and I know <laughs> that George Muller often faced huge challenges too. Heading to bed at night, no money in the bank, no food, and many, many hungry mouths to feed the following morning at breakfast, going, <laughs> I don't know how this is going to go. Can you imagine the pressure and strain of that? Maybe George Muller might be tempted to be anxious and worried about many things. There were certainly many things for him to be anxious and worried about. But George Muller wrote these, these words in 1841 about how he dealt with that and about how he chose what was necessary. He said this, he said, It has pleased the Lord to teach me a truth, the benefit of which I have not lost for more than 14 years. The point is this, I saw more clearly than ever that the first great primary business to which I ought to attend every day was to have my soul happy in the Lord. The first thing to be concerned about was not how much I might serve the Lord or how I might glorify the Lord, but how I might get my soul into a happy state and how my inner man might be nourished. For I might seek to set the truth before the unconverted. I might go out and tell people about Jesus. I might seek to benefit others. I might seek to relieve the distressed. I might in other ways seek to behave myself as becomes a child of God in this world. And yet not being happy in the Lord and not being nourished and strengthened in my inner man day by day, all of this might not be attended to in a right spirit. Be like Martha, yeah? Anxious and worried about the many stresses and pressures. Distracted, dragged off, actually from the most important thing, by all these many demands. He carries on to say this. Before this time, my practice had been, for at least 10 years previously, as a habitual thing, to give myself to prayer. After having dressed myself in the morning, I think lots of Christians will say, that's, that's the way you should start the day, on your knees, in prayer. But George Muller had a change. He goes on to say this. He says, Now I saw that the most important thing I had to do was to give myself to the reading of the Word of God and to meditation on it, that thus my heart might be comforted and encouraged and warned and reproved and instructed, and that thus by means of the Word of God, while meditating on it, my heart might be brought into experiential communion with God. And then he prayed. <laughs> George Muller could easily, like Martha, have been anxious and worried about many things. Bills to pay, mouths to feed, so much to do. He could have easily been distracted by service. But he learned. 
He learned that if he was going to survive, if he was going to grow and step into the works which God had prepared in advance for him to do, first he needed to choose what was necessary. He needed to drink deep of God's word and allow it to nourish his soul and to lift his gaze to the goodness of God. And what's interesting about that quote is something I've noticed too is that he said he used to begin with prayer and it wasn't working. And then he, he switched it around. He said, now I read the Bible first and I allow that to, to show me what God is like, to show me the goodness of God. And out of that place of understanding, then I respond in prayer. Because the challenge is this, when we begin with prayer, we just begin with all the things that are distracting us and worrying us and causing us to be anxious. We, we start from where we are. We begin with us. We start with our thoughts and woes and desires and all of those things. But when we begin with God's word, when we begin with a revelation of who he is, of what he's like, of what his priorities are, then we can begin in prayer to line ourselves up with his plans and purposes, rather than our own wants and whims. And that's when we have chosen what's necessary, when we've chosen the good portion. And so I want to encourage you to make a conscious and deliberate choice this year to do what will nourish you, to do what will sustain you, to do what will actually see you grow more than anything else this year. And that is to make a conscious and deliberate choice to prioritizing reading God's word as first importance. Before you put anything else into your schedule this year, I want to encourage you to make time to prayerfully open your Bibles and there to find a mighty feast that will sustain you. Whatever else happens in 2021, I guarantee, I guarantee that you won't regret doing that. Drink deep of his word this year. There are loads of different ways that you could do that. I know some people like to use apps. I just find turning my phone on first thing is distracting, so I don't use a Bible reading app. Because, hey, do you know what? I'm, the truth is, I open it up, and before I know it, I'm texting someone or checking my emails, or I'm on the BBC News website, rather than reading the Bible. That's just me. You're probably much more self-controlled than me. Um, and if that's you, that's cool. But I want to encourage you, find a reading plan. Find something that you can do consistently. And let it nourish you and do you good this year. A, a few people from church do something called community Bible reading, where we just read the same chapters as each other uh, day by day, and we then message about that. Uh, if you're not part of that yet, but you would like to, then let me know. Uh, because it, I, personally, I find it a great way of engaging with the Bible uh, and of also building community with other believers 
as we do, strengthening and encouraging one another. But to be honest, whether you use community Bible reading or not, I actually couldn't care less. Um, what I could care less about, though, is the fact that this year you don't allow your priorities to be dictated by something else and end up regretting the fact that you haven't chosen the good portion. I want to encourage you. Please, please, please. Choose what's necessary this year. Choose to invest in your relationship with God. I'm going to pray and then hand back over to Joe for one final song as we conclude our time this afternoon. Lord, we thank you so much that you have made it possible for us to know you. You've made it possible for us to enter into relationship with you. That is absolutely breathtaking. That's amazing. But we thank you too that you haven't left us to to, to try and guess what you're like or to to try and uh, kind of out of our own imagination think about what you might be like. Lord, you haven't uh, left us to create a God in our own imagining. Lord, but you've revealed yourself to us. You've revealed yourself to us in your creation. You've revealed yourself to us uh, in the person and work of Christ Jesus, but you've also revealed yourself to us in, in your word that we might read and know and understand your nature and your character and your goodness and your glory and the way you deal with your people. Lord, I pray that you would help each one of us this year to, to delve deeper into our relationship with you. Lord, we pray, Holy Spirit, would you cause your word to be living and active for us as we read it, that it would uh, not just be a, a book that we read for information, but as we read it, that Holy Spirit, you would apply it to our hearts and lives in a way that it causes us to, to see and to know and to delight in you all the more. Lord, would you help us to choose what's necessary this year? not to be dragged away by this and that and the other, good as many of those things may be, but to choose you, to choose intimacy with you, to choose knowing you and growing like you all the more this year for your glory. Amen.